Welcome to Marketing Management and Money with uh, Ryan and Ethan. So, um, Ethan, when you were uh, asking me what are, what are we going to talk about in this episode, <laughs> and I, I told you we're going to talk about firing people. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, that got dark fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing fun about this topic, even though... Everyone in a management or leadership position has to do it. So I think it's a good topic to talk about, uh, even though uh, it is a tough one. It is. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're not going to just talk about firing, uh, although we're going to talk a lot about that because that needs a lot of management. But there are resignations, um, there are retirements, there are, you know, when people are just transitioning, when, uh, you know, I, I've seen companies that they have someone who's perfectly happy, but they need growth. And so they're looking for a new opportunity. And sometimes that opportunity has to come from a different company. And so we're, we're not going to just focus on the negative, but we are going to address the negative because it's real. And, you know, if, if the first time you're thinking about how you're going to handle firing someone is when you're in the process of firing them, it's a really bad time to be putting that plan in place. <laughs> so why don't, why don't we start with um, actions that we should probably do leading up to that scenario? Because we find a lot of managers get themselves, especially in small businesses, can get themselves in a little bit of a hole if they haven't done some <clears throat> prep work leading up to it. So with that being said, um, I know you're unfortunately versed in <laughs> letting a few people go. I've, I've... <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to use your quote. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, this, is, this is years ago uh, when, when you and I first met. We were having a conversation once about firing people. And you basically said, you're like, I fired more people than I care to admit. I'm almost in ashamed of how many people I fired. And I'm afraid of karma coming back to get. Do you remember that? I, I do, but <laughs> this is kind of your show. <laughs> so, it's funner to pick on you than to pick on me. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. We're, we're, we're going to start with story time. Before I answer your question about, uh, you know, how, how, how to uh, prepare for it, we're, we're going to start with story time because I had an interesting uh, experience that hit me once. So uh, the university approached me and said, would you be interested in having some interns? And I thought, yeah, you know, this, this would be a great opportunity. So I, I went ahead and told them, yes. I said, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in having some interns. And through an odd series of events, I ended up with four interns. I thought I was only going to get one. I ended up with four. And it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have stuff for four interns to do. And, and right at first, I was scrambling a little bit, trying to put some things together. Um, they, they all were, you know, good students. I, I was excited to work with them. So I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, uh, you know, push that away. And so I went ahead and said, okay, we'll take all four and, and worked with them. It was the most amazing experience. I, I loved it. And to this day, I'm still friends with all those interns. Uh, I've helped mentor them into professional positions. 
uh, we keep in contact. Uh, you know, one of them actually has given me some feedback on this show to to help me, you know, get this show put together uh, more professionally. And so, you know, it, it really was a positive experience. So, but well, this story time, it's it's coming. <laughs> so, so I went back to the university when you know that semester ended, and I told them, I'm like, hey, this was such a positive experience. I would love to do this again. And they're like, well, how many do you want? I'm like, you know, it worked to have a group. So whatever you got. Well, coincidentally, I end up with four interns again for the following semester. I fired three of the four <laughs> before the semester ended. Now, if you think about a semester is what, four months long? Yeah. Most. Yeah. So within less than four months, I had fired three of the four interns. It, it was horrible. They, they were just, just a bad, bad bunch. And, uh, you know, they, they weren't showing up. They weren't completing tasks. They, they weren't committed to it. Uh, the professionalism was, was really low and, you know, I, I needed to have a, a high level of professionalism. And so anyway, um, the, what, what I'm getting at is there, there's a saying out there. A lot of times you'll hear, you know, be uh, slow to hire, quick to fire. Yep. I, I actually don't agree with that saying. And I'm going to get into that a little bit as we, as we talk about, you know, some different examples. For the I, record, I do though. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, this, this is how I would change it. Okay. Um, I don't think that it's, it's the amount of, of time you spend I think it's how deliberate you are. And that's what I want to point, point out is, you know, just I've seen people that they've been too quick to fire somebody and, and they've regretted it. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen, um, you know, I, I've seen situations where people have been emotionally charged and that's been a bad experience, you know, and they haven't allowed things to simmer down. And, and so that's where, uh, you know, that's, I, I do agree with the be slow to, to hire, um, you know, I almost always, you're better off having fewer, uh, or like being shorthanded than hiring the wrong person. It's, you know, just. So would you, would you say, uh, be slow to hire smart to fire? Because I agree with a lot of things that you're saying that, that when it comes to letting someone go, uh, you, you want to make sure that one, you've got your bases covered, but I also agree with you that, that we're not making a rash decision based off of uh, a one-time event. Mm -hmm. if, if their track record has been very consistent, it's foolish to let someone go. Depending on the event, there are some things that are unexcusable, but um, i.e. sexual misconduct or things like that, you know, theft, things like that. Those, those are, uh, you probably should be fast to fire on those ones if everything's in place, but sure. But a lot of times if they've made a single mistake, I agree with you. Um, yeah. Don't maybe see if you can work through it, but have some steps in place, but, but let's talk, uh, let's go back and talk. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 I think that uh, what we're looking at here is your original question of saying, you know, what, you know, what are the initial steps to take? So I'm going to put my steps out there. This is, this is how I look at things. Step one is I always want to plan for a when, not an if, B 
because correct at some point you're going to have to let someone go now that that might not be a dramatic you're fired you know everyone kind of pictures this <laughs> <laughs> what the apprentice i think was the name of the show uh, you know like it, it might not be that type of a scenario but it's going to happen at some point you will have people that will part ways and and you've got to you've got to have a plan in place for you know for for how that's going to look and so here are some of the things that i always look at number one is i look at what the position is to begin with because a lot of times people make this false idea that someone's going to stay with them forever uh, i'm like no and you know, in the world we live in, in this, uh, you know, kind of gig economy, if you have someone that's sticking with you for three to five years, that's a really long time. It's not uncommon to have people that are transitioning in six months in, in a year. And, and so you should look at this position and, and just be realistic with how, you know, how much of a career position is this? Is this the type of position that you expect someone to spend years in, spend months in, spend decades in and, and be realistic? I, uh, I had a mentor of mine. I actually studied entrepreneurship with him. Uh, his name's Michael Glauser. He uh, he taught at Westminster College. I don't know if he's still there. I should I should find out. Anyway, um, really great entrepreneur, and uh, he owned I think it was the Golden Swirl, I believe was uh, one of the restaurant uh, chains that he owned, and uh, it was just a little frozen yogurt place. And he made this comment in one of his entrepreneurship classes that he was teaching. He said. I realized that I could not transition these people into, you know, like CEOs or like there, there was no upward movement in his company. He would hire someone and they would go from, you know, a new employee to they might be a shift supervisor. And instead of, you know, making eight bucks an hour, they're now making 10 bucks an hour. Like it, there wasn't opportunity. And so he had this, this belief that I thought was very important is he's like, everyone's going to leave. No one's going to stay here for a long period of time. Everyone's going to leave. My job is to make sure that when they leave, they leave with you know a, additional skill set. They leave with a better resume. That I have taught them something along the way, so that they're in a better position for the rest of their life. And I thought that was a great outlook that he had. And I, I like where you where you've where you're going with this because. Positions are not equal inside of a business. They, we kind of want to treat them that way. And I think we need to be uh, respectful on regardless of any position, but there are differences between uh, professional positions inside of that and uh, positions that, that there's just high turnover by mm -hmm. the nature of the job because yeah. they, like you said, they're stagnant. They don't go anywhere. So a uh, great clarifying point of that as you look at those positions, make sure you understand upward and i like that word upward mobility of it if there is upward mobility or there require a high level of education um, versus some that are just transitional uh, that's going to really depend on on where you're going to move and how fast you need to move with um, uh, changing out those positions if a problem does happen yeah now this next point that i'm going to bring up i'm actually going to throw it back at you because i think that you deal with this a little bit more in your professional space than i do and you, you alluded to it earlier, and that is for things that are a little bit more serious in nature, um, you know, things that have criminal consequences behind them, uh, things that, you know, like sexual harassment, uh, theft, 
you know, any sort of embezzlement or laundering. I mean, if you don't think that it happens, you're like, well, I'm just a small business. Like I, you know, one of my relatives, he just owned a small business and there was, uh, you know, thousands of dollars that went through embezzlement and he, he was dumped out. He's like, I didn't think it would ever happen because my business was so small. I'm like, no, it happens. There are bad eggs out there, you know? And so what are the things to put in place? Like at what point do you say, okay, this is serious enough that we just move quickly. We don't even, you know, we don't even worry about it versus something that is like, okay, I'm going to do a write-up and I'm going to give you a chance to kind of correct your behavior. Uh, you know, talk about that through your, through your experience, if you will. So there's a difference between what is ethical and what's illegal. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I think a lot of people run into problems because there's some things that were unethical, but they were not illegal. Yeah. Okay. However, there are some things that are illegal and certainly unethical. Okay. Or, or things that are illegal that some people consider ethical or not, you know, like I, I, I look at, um, uh, one of the things that I see pop up is, do I have the right to carry a gun into the workplace? And you might have gun laws that say one thing, and you might have people's opinion that say something different. Correct. And, and so the legality and the ethics of it, they're not, they're not black and white. Right. So when you get into serious offenses, clearly, if it's illegal, it, it's something that's probably... Uh, terminable very fast. You, you shouldn't drag it out as long as you have the correct evidence in place. Oh, okay. So I'm going to ask this question and I'm going to use the uh, gun carrying as an example. Yes. So someone lives in a place that, you know, carrying a, a firearm is, you know, a, a, con a concealed, concealed. okay. Yeah. Uh, carrying a concealed firearm is illegal, or maybe they have not gone through and done the correct, um, you know, permitting on it. But in their mind, it's a form of protection. And, you know, there's like, I, I do it for myself. So in this sense of legal or illegal, like the action is legal to carry the firearm if you get the concealed carry permit, but someone is carrying without a concealed carry permit. Do you still put that as it's like, hey, it's illegal, sorry, no grounds or? No, no. Well, that's, this is an interesting one because in that case, it is, it's not illegal. However, to the company, it, it could be still uh, an offense that says, hey, look, we, we don't allow it and it's grounds for termination. They could have that in writing as part of your new hire papers, et cetera, to where it could cause that problem for you. But um, and maybe, maybe we'll work around some of the scenarios with this one because this, is, this one could be fascinating and I, you could play it off on other ones, but that's... You know, in that case, if someone came in and it was noticed and as a company, it made some people uncomfortable, um, then, of course, the first thing we want to do is have that oral discussion to say, hey, look, some people are made, you know, uncomfortable, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to figure out a way to deal with this, with this one. Otherwise, um, we've got to dramatically change the problem, which means we we're going to put a written policy in place. And then if you violate the written policy, then we can, we can fire you. But generally, that's that's the rule of thumb on anything that's not what I would say illegal, stealing, theft, uh, sexual misconduct, um, et cetera. Uh, all of those are 
by definition, jail time in many ways. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, that's where I look at. Avoid jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly do want to. Um, but when you get into ones that are a little bit more grayer, then it comes down to company policy. And if we have a policy, are we following our policy? If you don't have a policy instead of a company, then the general rule is one is we have an oral discussion. Uh, from there, if there's a second offense, we have a, a discussion again, and we put it in a writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then because it was clearly in writing, if they violated at that point in time, then it's grounds for termination. And it's usually, usually pretty clean. Yes. Someone could still come back and say it was fired um, without reason. However, if it's in writing and we've documented it, um, it might give you a little bit of grief, but it won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's, that's where I kind of look at it and say, you know, now if someone has stolen from you, the uh, evidence is obvious. You don't need to go through that whole process. You can just excuse them from the building and, and I would escort them from the building. And even if they have personal stuff in there, we'll, we'll gather it up and you can come pick it up at a later date at the front desk. And okay, so this is something I want to talk about. And I'm a little bit on a tangent here because I do want to bring it back to, you know, talking about the actual steps to, you know, put in place with your company. Um, and okay, I, man, I'm, I'm all over with my thoughts here. The, the first thought that I wanted to bring up is put as much as you can in writing, but realize that there will be things that you didn't think Correct. of. And that's okay. You know, address the needs as they come up. But this whole idea of escorting someone out of the building, I agree. If it's a criminal offense, if someone has really done, you know, something that is, is terrible misconduct, then you need to take the appropriate precautions. You need to escort them out of the building. What I hate seeing is when companies escort people out of the building for something like a poor minor, performance or minor, yeah, I agree. A minor, minor you know, issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like disagreeing with the boss. I, I see that one where if, if you as the owner, if you don't have the, you know, enough thick skin to, take feedback from your company. Oh my gosh. First off, that's a huge mistake. But secondly, don't treat them like a criminal because they spoke up to you because they said, I think your idea is stupid. You're fired. Escort them out of the, I've seen that kind of behavior. I'm like, wow. Um, apparently you've got other issues in your life that you need to deal with and you're taking them out on your employees and you know, just, just don't go down that road, you know, treat it appropriate. If it's criminal, sure. If it's not criminal, it's not criminal. They're still a human being. I, I agree 100%. One word of caution is that, uh, if someone is in a position, uh, that you're going to let them go and they're in a position where they have access to sensitive information, I would counsel you not to allow them back onto a computer or something else that could cause your company problems. I don't think you need to escort them out, but um, I certainly would not let them back onto their computer um, as they were gathering up, you know, uh, a few belongings in their office to, to, to leave or whatever like that. So that I have seen that one cause people problem because they're too trusting, but uh, so I'm very cautious on that one, but I agree with you. Don't, don't treat someone like a criminal if, if, if it's a minor offense or they just have a, a pattern of, hey, we're going to show up uh, late for 20 <laughs> days. And then finally, look, we just can't tolerate it enough because it's causing, you know, the whole old saying of, you know, a bad apple kind of leeches into the rest. Mm-hmm. And now we've lost the whole bushel. So 
um, you know, some things you have to take care of because it will affect other morale inside the company, even though it's minor offenses. Yeah. Well, and okay. So this is a good segue to talk about, and these are in no particular order. We're not like giving you step one, put together your policy. Step two, protect your sensitive documents, you know, but these are things that all need to be taken care of. So with sensitive documents, everyone thinks about it when they're firing someone, they're like, oh, we better block it. When they don't think about it is when things are great. And the example that I see that causes businesses a lot of problems is with personal cell phones. It's very common that you will have a face of business that will give out their personal cell phone to customers, especially if they've been with the company for several years. A lot of customers are going to get that personal cell phone number. And if you end up having to let this person go and all of a sudden you've got, you know, a bunch of your customers that are calling them on their personal phone. First off, you don't know what they're saying. You know, they might be bad mouthing the company. Second, you don't have contact with those customers anymore. So one of the preemptive things that you need to be doing is you need to be making sure that your communications stay at a company level, not a personal level. And so, you know, I think it's a good idea to have a policy that says do not give personal numbers out to customers. Um, all customers need to have the uh, you know, the company numbers, it might cost you a little bit more money. You might end up having to pay for some cell phones, some company cell phones or different things like that. If you're going to offer a cell phone stipend or some sort of, you know, uh, you know, you're going to pay a portion of their cell phone bill, um, just be aware that now they have company information in their personal contacts. And, and this can extend, I'm just using cell phones as an example. This could extend into laptops. This could extend into software. You know, uh, we, we, we had a person once that uh, when they left the company and they left on good terms, but there were a ton of passwords that they had access to and found out too late that, oh, no one else in the company had those passwords. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, you know, now you're, you're trying to reset things. I've seen, uh, I've seen companies that uh, they'll have subscriptions that'll go through someone and no one else knows that that subscription wasn't in place. And then, you know, a year later, they're getting billed for a service they haven't used. They're like, where did this come from? Oh, you remember that person who used to work here? They bought this subscription. Yeah. Just keep it very company-wide. Don't have people get in the habit of doing personal things for when they transition. So let's take a minute and talk about, because um, both you and I know this is an important piece that uh, I always believe that if I fire someone, uh, then me or someone else has to pick up their work. So I'm not inclined, even if it's a first time <laughs> offense, to fire them because they, I want them to correct their own mistake. I, if they're mature enough um, to come in and say, all right, I made the mistake. I want to be able to fix this one. I enjoy working here. I certainly want to give them that opportunity. So what are your thoughts about, you know, and sometimes people make some dumb mistakes, just a fluke. They've been a good employee for five years and some weird thing happens and they make a, a mistake that could be in some ways catastrophic, but yet uh, it's a first time. They've never had any behavior like that before. Uh, certainly maybe it was fireable offense, but um, but I'm a believer that if they if they're willing to correct it and fix it to do it, and what are some maybe your thoughts on 
proper steps to take them through to, to see if we can't retain them as an employee, even though uh, certainly some form of correction or action needs to be taken so that it doesn't happen again. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a total politician here and answer your question by not answering your question at all. <laughs> all right. We're just going to come right back to me. <laughs> so uh, the first thing that I'm always going to do is I'm going to look at what training has been put in place. And I'm also going to look at what standards have been put in place, both officially and unofficially. And you got to be more careful about those unofficial standards. So if I've got someone who's showing up late and I don't like them. And so I'm like, I'm going to write you up for being late. But then I've got someone who shows up late and they're like one of my best employees. And I'm like, oh, you're fine to show up late because you know you do such good work. No, like you, you either allow people to show up late or you don't allow people to show up late. Or if you're going to make it based on whether they're a good employee or a bad employee, you've got to make those actual standards in place, which I don't recommend doing that. It, it just... You either write people up for being late or you don't write people up for being late, but you don't pick and choose the favoritism. And this gets people into a lot of problems where, you know, especially if they have someone they don't like and they're like, oh, this is my chance to get rid of them. And then someone they do like later on starts doing some of this stuff. The employees are watching. They see what's going on. And so if you're pulling these double standards when it's convenient, they see that and and that just really, really hurts your company. And let me just add a point real quick and then you carry on is that we forget too often that inside of our organizations, not all jobs are equal. So yeah. someone on a manufacturing line is completely different than the salesperson. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that if everyone on the manufacturing line is treated completely equal based off of that job description, all the salespeople who have a different job description are treated uh, equally based off of that sales position. But uh, for instance, I, if I hold someone on a line coming in late, great. But if I have salespeople who are coming and going, uh, it's a different story. Yeah. Uh, it's a different story. So make sure that uh, you can clearly define job positions and their descriptions. And then uh, if people start questioning you, Hey, look, no, 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 no. Your position is not the same as this position. And because of it, they have more latitude in what they want to do. We have a different standard of accountability for them, i.e., uh, I don't hold you accountable for ourselves. I don't hold them accountable to be here on time. Yeah. That type of thing. So keep that in mind as you think about it. If you're having a problem with something like that, think about very clear job descriptions for a certain position and then hold those equal as you go through this process. Really, really smart counsel. I, uh, I love that. And I'm glad that you took the time to, to kind of clarify that because that is important. Um, so jumping back to my politician answer of not answering your question, mm-hmm. uh, training. I look at training and I say, has the person been trained of what the expectation is? And I always start there because you might think that things are obvious, but they're obvious to you. And don't ever think that someone already knows. If someone does something that that you don't like, instead of taking corrective action in the sense of, you know, write-ups or probation or threatening to fire them or anything like that, I would immediately jump to the training. And I would look at what you know, what kind of training have they received? 
I would ask them, you know, what they understand and make sure that they recognize that, you know, this, you know, this was not, not acceptable. And then if they repeat it at that point, you can take some corrective action. You can actually do something about it. But if, if they haven't, you know, if they haven't been trained and you start flying off the handle, that's, that's on you. That's, that's you jumping the gun. Uh, a simple, well, you can try to remember this one, but a simple rule of thumb supporting your exact argument, Ryan, is that uh, frustration comes from unmet expectations and unmet expectations come from a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. So if you're frustrated, I can guarantee you, you can trace it right back to communication, which could be done through, uh, like you've mentioned through training, it can be done through uh, correct policies, et cetera. But I agree with you that work it backwards and assume the problem is first with you. And if you can show clearly that it's hasn't been and the expectations and everything were clearly communicated, then you're going to, then you'll work through those other processes that we've discussed earlier. Yeah. So uh, I want to jump to something that needs to happen And if you've got a formal HR, this usually is taken care of, but I'm kind of talking to businesses that are maybe a little bit smaller, that the owner gets to do all the HR stuff. And I want to just point out a few things that you as an owner need to be paying attention to. So I'm going to be talking about the United States here. I know we have a pretty pretty decent crowd of international, and I apologize that I am not familiar with your country's laws, uh, but I guarantee that it's going to have some similarity to uh, to what I'm going to talk about. And that is in the United States, the different states have different uh, different rules around when and how you can fire people. And you need to educate yourself on what those rules are pretty early on. You need to understand what it's going to look like. And this actually extends into, you know, partnerships. If you, because uh, we think about firing employees, but what if you have to fire a partner? Ouch. You know, can you, are you in a position where you can make that decision? You know, legally, are you allowed to get them out of your, uh, you know, out of your business or are you stuck with that? And, and I see far too many entrepreneurs jump into situations where they don't know what the, you know, their legal rights are, uh, what opportunities they have and don't have. And so, Take some time to just find out what are the rules and the laws where you live uh, around how and when to fire someone. And then make sure that you have that process in place. Make sure that you are covered. Uh, You know, I I know that uh, a lot of businesses here locally where I live, they deal with um, unemployment, uh, unemployment insurance, excuse me. And, you know, you might have the legal right to fire someone, but then you might end up paying their unemployment. (laughs) If you don't want to do that, you probably should find out when you have to pay their unemployment and when you don't have to pay their unemployment and make sure that you're aware of those rules. Because I've I've talked with entrepreneurs that are like, yeah, I've got this unemployment insurance and my premiums just went up because I fired someone and I didn't do the correct documentation. Yeah, find that out before you're emotionally charged, before you've got a problem employee, find that out early on. Find out, you know, if you've got to break a partnership agreement, what are the terms on that? If you've got to, you know, 
uh, kick someone out from a lease agreement, or you've got to leave early on your lease agreement. Find, find out what the terms are anytime that the relationship is going to be severed. Make sure that you understand the, the legalities behind all of that. Yeah, great, great advice. I don't know that I would have brought that one up in this. <laughs> what, did I go too deep? <laughs> no, I, actually, I think it was great advice just because uh, too often we are caught in the heat of the moment. And, and probably that's one point that I would probably make sure we've talked about it, but I don't know that we've really said, hey, don't make a decision when you're hot, period. Just mm-hmm. don't. Um, you know what? It's better to, even if you put someone on, hey, I'm putting you on leave for the day, just go home. They're out of your way. Uh, gives you time to settle back down, think about some stuff, do some of your own homework, bring them back in the next day. And then build off of it from there, because when when both people are hot, uh, only bad things happen. We we know that from other conflict. Uh, okay. You know, can, can I interject real quick on on something that you just you said? You know, yeah. send them home for the day. I guarantee it is cheaper to pay them for a half day of doing nothing than it is to get caught up in a legal battle, to get caught up in an unemployment case, to have them sabotage your company, and. You know, you might think that you're going to send them home without pay, which is an option, but you better make sure that you understand that. Like, it's not that big a deal to pay someone for a half day and not have them do anything. It, for in the grand scheme of expenses to your business, that is a very small expense. So don't be afraid to just send someone home and not get, you know, not get anything out of them for a half day. And then just come back the next day and be like, oh, hey, we're in a good space to move forward. And I would say it's even cheaper to pay for a week than <laughs> <laughs> it is. Say something stupid and have a lawsuit on your hands. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I I know when we have someone who's causing problems inside of our organization, there, there's a lot of ways to resolve it. Um, you know, I, I'm not always going to say that firing is the first one, but it does happen. We do need to know proper steps to go through it. And this is something you should clearly, I agree with you, think about this way beforehand so that you're armed and ready for it because um, it, it will happen. Your, your, your comment that it, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Yeah. It, it will, it will happen. And well, and, and, and I want to, so I mentioned early on um, that we were going to go broader than firing. And I think we kind of got stuck on the firing and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to wrap this episode up here in just a second, but I, I, I want to touch on other transitions that are common in a business and just talk about the similarities, because if you, if you put your policies in place correctly, they're going to transition across, you know, whether someone gets fired, whether someone retires, whether someone gets laid off. And so think about what that transition looks like. You actually asked a question of, you know, what about when I don't want to take on their job responsibilities? Well, what is your contingency plan? Because maybe you're not firing someone, but maybe someone is going to retire and they've been there for 20 years and you're going to lose this wealth of knowledge. What do you have to get all of that information from them so that it, you know, transitions on to the the next generation, as it were. And I see a lot of businesses that they don't have good contingency plans. They don't have good transition plans. And when someone leaves, they just lose a ton of knowledge. They they just lose that person 
and they lose all of their knowledge and they don't realize for a few months that they're like, uh, wait, we don't know how to do this. I try and, you know, if I have someone transitioning in, you know, in any organization that I'm a part of, I try and find out if we're on good terms or not. And if we are on good terms, I just point blank ask them, do you mind if I reach back out to you if I have questions? Can we do an exit interview on this day before you leave? Can we do several exit interviews so that you can show me where you keep files? You can show me what customers you work with. You can show me the process that you use to do your job, you know, and, and so all of these things should be in place, whether you're firing someone or whether they're, you know, resigning to take a different position and they're super happy and you're happy for them. You still should have that process in place. Yes. And, and it's, you know, there's times when it comes down to, and I, I'm going to probably just be, these will be my closing remarks is that when you do need to actually fire someone, just let them go. Don't try to have a conversation about it. Don't try to justify it. If they ask ultimately why, and if it's performance-based, just simply say it's performance-based. If it's something whether they've done illegal, they know it. And you can say you've done some illegal things and you know that. And so we're letting you go, but don't try to justify it. Don't try to have the conversation. Don't try to, yeah, I'm not uh, that good don't, at that. <laughs> don't say I'm sorry, but I got to let you go. Cause you're really not sorry. So don't say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just look because of performance based, we're letting you go. Um, if you'll gather your stuff, um, and next to the building, um, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, keep it simple and straightforward. Don't try to have this conversation and console them and anything else. Just, uh, just get it over and done with. It's much less painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's great. I, the, the only thing that, uh, that, that I'm going to add to that is at the end of the day, I'm a human, you're a human, we're all humans. And we all kind of want the same things. You know, we want to take care of our families. We want to have a job that we, where we feel appreciated. You know, we want to have growth. And, and so if someone's a bad fit, recognize it early on, don't drag it out forever. If, uh, you know, if you have to let them go, be professional about it, recognize that, you know, they're, they're still providing for their family and they're going to have some stress in their lives over it, but they're also going to survive. You know, they'll, they'll be better off for it. A lot of times people, you know, they're really bitter in the moment, but then they are grateful later on. They're like, yeah, that really was a bad fit. And I'm glad that I'm not there anymore. And and so just, you know, just be a human, just be kind, but be professional and rip that bandaid off. Just (laughs) so. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us today for another episode of, uh, marketing management and money. We appreciate you joining us and we appreciate your support in our podcast. With that, I want to have a good day. Take care. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions.